0: You're listening to The Spirit Hunters. Find out about how to join our now public and free Discord group and support the show at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. I, I, my name is Ravi. I'm from the uh, Save the X podcast, which for a long time was a Hunter Hunter podcast, but now has moved into sort of just good anime in general. Uh, yeah, and uh, I feel like I've been a friend of the show for a while. I love you guys. I love I love what you do here, and I'm so happy to be invited uh, to talk about this episode.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we're on episode 124: um, Breakdown and Awakening. In Japanese, kekai to Kakuse. Um It was originally released in Japan on April 9th, 2014. The equivalent manga chapters are 293 and 294, which were released in Japan on January 25th, 2010. Alright, so... The episode starts out and we learn that it's been 30 minutes or aka 15 episodes in anime time since the invasion started and there's a bunch of hypnotized human NPCs that are just waiting outside the castle walls.
2: I'm just imagining people are filming filming around and like just like, oh, look at all these NPCs walking around to the castle, castle walls.
1: I imagine it would be like just a bunch of sims, like if someone just had a mod to create a whole bunch of Sims around <laughs> do,
2: you, do you think uh do you think uh uh do you think Merwim would uh would put them in the in the uh pool and just remove the ladder?
0: Oh yeah. I mean hasn't he already? Uh, I guess that, yeah, I guess
2: you're <laughs> right. Yeah, Taylor if you think about it, he's br- that's basically a big version of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so in one of the many hallways of the castle, we see a recharged Kilua running into a new transformed and palm and they start at each other like old times but there's something off um when palm keeps asking kilua where gone is uh they fight with palm breaking out with her black widow and then kilua breaking down in tears telling her that if gone sees her um aka another person that he cares about turned into an ant like kite he'll have a total breakdown um we learn that Palm died, um, but Pito makes her go to work anyway. Hashtag corporate life, hashtag capitalism. <laughs> and then. As
2: it is. As usually is.
1: As it usually is. Um, and then we see um, while Kilo is breaking down, there is a hidden chibi poof who decides to show himself, ordering Palm to kill Kila while he's down. But she refuses to and kills the mini poof instead. Um, she thanks Kilua for bringing back her memories and tells him that Gon needs them more than anyone else. Meanwhile, the real proof tells Yuppie that Palm veiled as an experiment soldier, and that their Khmer and army doesn't need their memories. And that's pretty much it.
0: Um, well, I I I feel like it's everything I want out of. Uh... Physical hunter hunter conflict, where like there's a tremendously overpower, you know, there's a tremendous difference in the power level of 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 the characters, and so there has to be sort of a a what how do how do you get past this? And we see Kilo really pushed into a corner where he's not getting you know absolutely mauled by palm but he recognizes that there's no way he can win this fight physically that she that because she has this new power the black widow and is able to just beat him around that the longer the fight lasts the less t- the less likely it is to that he'll win and I really like her so, hat I'm sorry I like her hat her hat's awesome that the the one thing I I was a little surprised you have some manga pages in the notes here is the on the page the I would say the Black Widow looks even better than it does in the anime that it that it just has incredible movement and and danger to it and and uh the anime does a pretty good job but Man, those stark black and white drawings really really pop. That's mm, um,
2: yeah, I think we'll talk about more for the, the in the manga notes, but I I never wanted to say like shortening. I think I think that the anime does the manga an in injustice in a way. Or the anime does the manga injustice, yeah, I think that I said yeah, that right.
0: I, I I wouldn't go that far, but, but but yeah.
2: In certain aspects, probably not like complete, but like in certain aspects it kinda like cuts off those awesome things that makes the manga so special in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the the way that it goes then emotionally, where Kilo is just forced to be honest, where he just, which is the last thing he wants to be ever. <laughs> um, and so he is really brought low in a way that's not, you know, he's used to losing fights. He's okay with, with getting beaten up, but, but having to, having to just bear himself in the way that he does to Palm is such a good reversal and that that connects to her being able to reconnect the two parts of herself that are at war, um, really, I feel, strikes a note and is just a really a really nice emotional moment that's not quite so based in horrific trauma, which is where a lot of the other big emotional moments in Chimera Ant come from. So that's that's why I like this episode, and I also like the transformation and sort of accepting that, uh, and and you know the redesign and, and all of that stuff as well.
2: Yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a horror Sailor Moon in a way. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I found it particularly compelling the fact that prior to this, Kewa and Palm. Had a very antagonistic relationship. Like, they did not care for each other, at least. I mean, they saw each other as like colleagues, companions, teammates, but on like a personal, friendly level, their only connection was through Gon. And I mean, that's also how they reconnected in this moment. But I feel like on an emotional level, they were able to connect with each other as like two individuals. Um, And I I always like that when it's with characters that otherwise seem um, antagonistic. I feel like it just hits a little bit more emotionally, at least for me personally. And I think one thing that I also really liked about this episode is that Kiwa was thinking that why he wanted to basically reveal why he didn't want to tell Palm about where Gon is or see him. It started off as a strategy that ended up becoming like a a therapy session, essentially like letting out how we really felt. So turning where I think he was trying to think a little bit more logically, but it ended up being a lot more emotional, which I always think is really interesting to see.
0: It's always funny to see, to see what breaks when people are pushed against the wall, in in Hunter Hunter, because something always breaks.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, like they say, all in all, just like just another brick in the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I mean, like I I mean, what Patrick said, you know, you want to you want to you want to break through that wall you built you build up this this wall against the world. But sometimes you need to break through it because you need the wall to not be, a, you know, to be a wall of a house or a, or 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 a wall around a city instead of just being your personal wall, you know. Or or, or it, it's a transformative thing and not not necessarily destructive.
2: Yeah, and it's sad that Killua just seems that's his whole thing is keep breaking through those walls constantly and getting closer and closer to the center. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of like the the whole test, his whole house in general, where it's like there's different layers to getting through it to be able to get to Kilowa. I don't know, maybe that's an analogy that was there, or just something I'm just looking too into. But I kind of like that idea. Like, you know, there's so many obstacles to get to Kilowa, like yeah. physically and metaphorically, where you have to get through, you know, his emotions, you have to get through, you know, his yeah. this and that to be able to get to the Kilowa that you want to see. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was intentional, but I think it's kind of cool.
0: It's definitely like like if it's not like like you said, if it's not intentional, it's definitely a theme that we see over and over with Kiloa that that he he really does do his best to keep the outside world out. And we see that from the first time he meets Gone and and they, they they have the battle against Netero. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, Kiloa kills some people but sort of hides it from Gon um and and so yeah you're absolutely right that that Kilo is these layers and layers of protective armor for this honestly very scared and sad little boy inside Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, Palms, not... God... First of all, that discussion happened two years ago, and I'm amazed that you remember it. Uh, (laughs) But, um, maybe not two years, maybe a year ago. Um, But I feel like their their, uh, relationship is a lot more familial than, than the one between Nove and and uh his students like or sorry moral and his students like moral and his students are you know it's a very strict student teacher sort of thing and and i always feel like moral keeps them a bit at arm's arm's reach um because shoots also morals student isn't he or is he also knows yeah yeah um and so so that seems like a much more traditional thing whereas palm is a much more difficult person and she and she has sort of this puppy love sort of thing for nove that almost feels brotherly sister sort of thing like like clearly nove is the one at you know making the decisions in the relationship and sort of guiding Palm, but he uh but Palm is you think they're much closer that that when we see Nove break in and and have the breakdown, he apologizes to Palm over and over and over again and is like, I'm so sorry. I, I can't believe this. What have I done? Uh in the big breakdown moment, in that horrible scene, and moral wouldn't have done that for his students. Um, moral would not take that emotional responsibility, and I think part of that is sort of the inherent misogyny of 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 some of Hunter Hunter and Shonen in general. Um, but but it's also. You know, in that Hunter Hunter way, it's a it's a much closer emotional study of these two characters, and that Nov's belief in Palm allows her to do this very dangerous dangerous mission in the first place, and completely change herself, and then overcome the thing that's happened to her, because you feel like her life wasn't she wasn't really in control of her life ever. And now she has the strength, both mentally and physically, that she can operate without, without falling into her her bad habits, as she puts it earlier on, uh, when she's talking about wanting to stab people. You know, she fell into her bad habit again. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, and so I think it's interesting that this experience overall matured her, I think, that, you know, that that in a certain way this fire, fire tempered her in a way that was maybe ultimately, maybe not positive, but definitely put her in a different place in her life.
2: Well, this now can be as homicidal as she wants without any repercussions now, so... Thank <laughs> you.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i did i did want to say one one thing related to that is is that when we first see her she has this big wound in her chest and I, i i i very clearly remember being like why does she have that wound in her chest? And it's such a good storytelling thing. It's like, did someone punch her? You know, you know did someone kill her that way and bring her back? And, and no, we, we find out afterwards that she tro- she tried to do the thing that she was instructed to do, to not be captured. And despite that, despite doing this difficult, horrible thing, she failed. Because the ants are just will not let you die if you di- if they don't want you to die,
1: right?
2: No, it's it's like it's like we still need our fun. Let's have a little bit of fun and then we'll <laughs> discard you like a piece of trash. Yeah,
1: um, I think Palm really does showcase really interesting points about agency, especially within a female character in shonen. Let's be honest, like I mean, what you kind of were talking about with. Misogyny that's often shown in shown in anime, in specifically. And I just was reading this post on Tumblr. I know Tumblr's can be really wacky, but they were. This post did bring up good points about usually her previously her interactions with all the male characters have been either a weird power dynamic or in a way romantic, which is very common in Shonen, but her confrontation and eventually, like, the way her and um, Kiloa managed to break through in this episode is purely platonic, which is not very common at all in Shonen. And I think it really does show character growth on both ends and, like, her agency to develop a relationship in a way with another character that isn't weirdly skewed and empowers both of them and um yeah and I think it's very bittersweet that she managed like yeah she wanted to die but now she's technically living again and it's just it's now she has more power physically and it's well I guess we'll see what she does next but
2: you know Mm -hmm. you know I I think that's actually a great point I didn't even realize that until you pointed out that it was of that whole idea that it's just like a platonic thing like it wasn't there wasn't really any you know oh it's like they're in low 80s. it's like oh no it's just a platonic thing versus you know i was actually just watching an anime uh right before i came here it's the new attack on titan and they i just about spoiling it they did have something like that where it's like oh they're, they're romantically involved with each other and motivating them to do this and that and it's like you, it's funny you brought that up after I, I saw that so it's like it's fresh refreshing to see that you know seeing something that's like more you know platonic of friends like you know oh they don't have to you know relationship all the time they can just you know be supporting buddies of each other like like gone gone to kill killua and Kilwa to these to themselves it's it's kind of neat and refreshing but uh also on the tumblr note uh i i I would say that uh, tumblr right now is probably a lot more healthier than uh twitter or some of the other social media sites so so uh, yeah
1: hit or or miss (laughs) as a tumblr user (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah.
1: I, I actually
0: uh sorry to go back, but I actually wanted to build on Hannah's point because mm-hmm. like earlier if we contrast the way Palm acted with Gone where she was like Gone's mine and mine alone and you get near him and I'll stab you. Um and uh now she not only is, you know, in this platonic place with Kilua, but she, she she, actually is like, no, I don't need to help Gon. You're the one who can help Gon, which I don't think she would have done before.
2: No, that's big character growth energy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: I definitely agree with you, but I think at the beginning of their confrontation, she feels an echo of oh, how she felt but earlier. Oh, the
0: beginning is... is you know, she she transforms in multiple ways in this in yeah. this sequence,
3: for sure. We talked about how they had purposefully separated her memories from her emotions, but that her will and her like actualization allowed her to sort of one bridge those two back together and to come out as like her own true self. I think she even you know very manga styles is just like my name is Palm Siberia, you know. <laughs> And just like, you know, kind of points at herself and it was it was <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you get the idea though. But I, I do think I do think it was like literally the traumatic experience and her extension of her willpower into self-actualization that kind of allowed her to transcend a lot of the
1: problematic
3: <laughs> things that she did in many in, in different dimensions in different dimensions.
1: I do find it ironic that this transformation was brought to the purpose of her turning into is because they wanted someone to control and she ended up being someone they couldn't control so i find that very delightfully ironic
0: (laughs) well and they sort of go into detail about that about how having these ants who were able to reconnect with their memories made them too independent and so they were trying to create an ant in a different way who who would be under their control but still be but but and and have the ability to become more powerful because of their memories but wouldn't have that split that someone like Leol or Chitu had where they just go independent and and do their own thing. Um and it failed. And they're like, oh and, and as their as uh uh, shy poof is flying away he's like oh well it failed guess you guess you can't have <laughs> memories if you're going to become an aunt
1: everyone's developing oh. a personality <laughs> whether yeah. they like it or not <laughs> it actually did bring like it actually reminds me because at least in the english dub the way that the episode kind of ends with poof's inner thoughts he's thinking about oh, now that they realize what doesn't work, he's like, I'm going to figure out a way to build like the kingdom as I imagine it, as in what the king should want. And that, ending that note there, and I think it really brings into Poof's character about how he, I think he is, like, developing his own individual wants and needs, but frames in a way that he thinks is more what, the ants want and what the king wants but it's his actual desires so i found that interesting and i wonder if they will play into like the future episodes
3: no i definitely think that's a good point (laughs) the idea of laundering your own uh individual desires through like your belief that or projection onto other people and i wonder how much of that's biologically because of you know being a royal guard but what i was going to say is i was just going to clarify uh Sarah is the only one in on the cast who has not uh you know seen the entire series so I wanted to just leave that uh sort of hint towards the future that she just gave as like I'm just not gonna touch it but yeah Good she's strong you, Sarah
1: I've been trying like maybe I'll watch like one episode ahead I'm a host but I try not to do more than that
2: <laughs> yeah I think I'm on number three myself it's 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 addicting. mostly except to rewatch it with other people. It's like, oh gosh.
3: Relatedly, I got everyone on the cast uh, some of the manga volumes, uh, except for Sarah, who I got the Level E DVD collection.
2: <laughs> well, she, she can just borrow my copy if she if she wants. Don't to do it.
3: that yet. Eventually, eventually.
2: Yeah, I'll, you can just swing by and just pick it up, or I'll just drop it off. Whatever, it's all good. <laughs>
3: Saw so Gucci, but uh, kind of going back to earlier in the episode, less less thematic stuff and more just like some interesting uh, image notes. Um, talking about some kind of motifs that have repeated. Uh, when Palm first shows up, she has this like bejeweled forehead, like a large jewel, which uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys picked this up, but it's basically the uh, crystal ball that her 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 dehydrated mermaid that she had when she first showed up mm-hmm. uh, had. I actually wanted to ask y'all about that because I had
0: assumed that mermaid was was actually a physical thing that she needed to carry around sort of like you know not something she summoned mm-hmm. but like more like Moral's uh, pipe where it's just like a, a, you know like 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 a conduit for her thing but apparently not because I don't think she was carrying it around in that very skimpy dress she was wearing yeah
2: I'm unclear. Hey, I, just, I just want to point out, like, I just want to see if I'm crazy or not, but is that is that manga panel, It's da- the ones that's like, it's like, it's dangerous, is that on the top page of everyone's thing, or is that just me? There's a, there's a manga page in the notes that's called like...
3: Oh, it, it is. I think that someone might have accidentally made it uh, a header note instead. <laughs> Behind the scenes stuff, guys, but yeah, it might have become a header sorry. note.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I saw it on every page, and I'm like, what the hell happened?
3: Okay, well, don't worry. I I do think it's interesting that her chimera ant form also has scales. So, mm-hmm. like, I wasn't sure, as as Remy said, I wasn't sure if this was, like, her Nen manifested or if they literally just had the mermaid with her and they're just like, I don't know, what if we just, like, sew this in as a joke? <laughs> 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 we made her a mermaid as a joke.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I am i am gonna, I, minor spoiler, but later we see that there are, that, that, sh, that, the reflections that she sees appear in that globe. Mm. Um, And so, so like, like it's the same thing, uh, but, but it, it really, I, I, I hadn't thought that maybe her fish arms are, are like part of the nautical theme of the mermaid.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, uh, do you remember the part where Akira uses his, uh, his yo-yos?
1: Yeah. Yes, I was, you know, like, that looks like the Star David. <laughs> it, it
3: definitely is. Uh, Remy and I have talked a little bit about this, about it, it's pretty problematic. There's like, quote unquote, a medieval reason for it. But it's like, hey, even if you're just citing the medieval reason, divorce of context about it, it's about like summoning demons. It's like it's still pretty anti-Semitic. Um, but it is interesting seeing it come back here because they've avoided depicting it in the 2011 anime to this point, but they did show it in the 1999 anime. So it's interesting seeing it here.
0: Are you sure? I'm not sure. I, I think the first time we see it, it has the...
3: I think you're uh, right. I think they might Logan have avoided doing on it on his cell phone thing. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what I'm confusing it with because when they showed the cell phone, it didn't have it, but his I think his yo-yos did um but it's interesting because when we get to the manga there is a difference that i was not expecting it th- it actually makes it better but it was just kind of surprising um but speaking of that uh unless anyone has anything more to say about the anime specifically we can uh kind of jump over to the manga notes
0: mm-hmm.
3: okay patrick take it away
2: um so uh i love this art of palm in the manga like holy crap like I know it's like Junji Ito vibes on the art, on like just like their close up with her eyes and stuff. I love the the art on that, and mm-hmm. I'm saddened that the anime didn't do that, didn't do something like that and make that sort of look. But they, I get they, why.
0: They, they got the sort of otherworldly stuff, I think, in her movement. Yeah, like she's definitely and and some of the framing. Because you can't do this sort of thing where you have both her full body and her face at the same time giving you that sort of sense of eeriness and and stuff. I feel like they, they did make an effort to give her that sort of weird, otherworldly, you know, aspect.
3: For sure. And I think we've talked on this show before about how, like... Uh the thing that the anime does better than the manga in a certain way is consistency. While the thing the manga does better than the anime is kind of like doing different off model styles. And this Mm -hmm. is kind of one of those contrast points where the way the anime uh, has to kind of achieve the same effect is through movement, as you've mentioned.
1: Yeah.
2: It is kind of funny how that is both a con and pro at the same time. For sure. It just depends Mm -hmm. when.
1: Yeah. In general, like from an artist's perspective, it is so much harder to capture the liveliness of line work in Mm -hmm. the digital media. Like, for example, because, you know, manga for the most part is either drawn by hand or they use a digital program that mimics like ink versus anime. You're going to have to, because of like production, you stick with really simple line work that is like basically one with like all this, it doesn't taper or anything. That's why the manga feels a lot more intense and, like, impactful is because of, like, the different widths and the line work, the extra lines to kind of make shadows and stuff, like in Palm's Face, for example. Um, so there's, it's, it's different. Like, it's going to be hard with an anime when they have strict timelines that span multiple teams across different countries. So they had to deal with what they work with.
0: Well, and and anime fans really don't like it when you go off model. Oh, yes. for sure. <laughs> like in Yu Show. Well, or, or in Yuhaka show or there are a couple of really great scenes in Naruto that, mm. that apparently Naruto fans are just like, those are crap because they go off model and one of the things they do is they they re- they reduce line mileage. Um you know they simplify the characters so that they're easier to move. Um, so, like something like Hunter Hunter versus something like, say, Mob Psycho. Mob Psycho has way more dynamic action, mm-hmm. but it's because its characters are simplified and are they're allowed to distort them. Um, because... Thank you, based
2: one for for making such uh, base art, basic art.
0: Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Um, but but you're totally right. Line weight, even though the line weight fluctuations aren't as big at, in uh, Japanese comic as as they are in manga, as they are in American comics. Like if you look at a at an American superhero comic, the 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 line weights go bananas. Like you'll get these, you'll get fr- go from really thin to just super thick in a single stroke. Yeah. Um. Whereas, I mean, you can even see here that, uh, you know, it does have a scratchy quality to it that, um, you know, like if you look at her dress in, in in a Western comic, you'd have, you, unless you're talking about something like Tintin, which is a whole other thing, um, you'll see that the, the lines on her dress aren't don't the the their deadlines they're they're they, they don't they fluctuate they're clearly hand-drawn but the way that you get a sense of weight is by having things doubled up or connected yeah or uh, and stuff like that but they're actually very very static
3: do you two know if there's like a major difference in the tooling that resulted in that difference in style or if it has to do oh, yeah. black and white yeah. or, or both um
0: Manga manga artists tend to use uh nib pens or microns um you know like like felt tip pens mm. or or dip pens
1: No Uh Cop- kind of they have the Copic fine liner so that's a felt yeah. tip pen
0: Yeah Yeah and Copics are, are mostly for color Um but but yeah I mean same same idea but you've used felt tip pens in 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 the US Yeah they tend to be. They tend to have very dark, very distinct line weights. Yeah, um, I, don't, or, I don't.
2: I don't. I don't. I don't use it by a traditional sense, but I use it by painting. I use a similar method with the, the felt tip pen using a thicker paintbrush.
0: Yeah, in American comics, uh, and keep in mind all the tools for doing it digitally generally are trying to ape the 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 you know real life ones mm-hmm. is generally it's brushes. Mm, okay. uh, the traditional the, the traditional um american brush is the uh uh Windsor Windsor number 7 round point uh 2 is the size is 2. So so like so like think of pen and ink
1: kind of like the the feather except not like the old sc- old like before you know kind of like old school like time period you know the students mm-hmm. are writing yeah yeah that's all, like all scratchy so
0: yeah and one one of the ones that like like one of the big brands there i think is called g tips um and so so yeah they they, they that's the, and and you can see that one is scratchier than than the other not always like a guy like Mike Mignola, who does uh, who does Hellboy, he uses a lot of deadlines and inks in Sharpie, you know? Uh, but that's because he's developed his style in such a way that that that's what looks good. Do you all know what that looks like?
2: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the gorilla's art style almost.
0: A little. The gorilla's art style, again, is is probably brush. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks good.
3: Oh, but yeah, Patrick, if you want to just continue with the the manga, um, yeah. Sorry. Oh no, worries. That was. I mean, I. <laughs> it was insightful. I was gonna say it was insightful, and like we learned a lot that I would have never found out otherwise. Um.
2: So I think this is. Uh. Honestly, I think this. I don't know if this is official because I don't have the official voice. This is not uh, the official viz- one. Yeah, I kind of figured it was mostly you know uh the viz of course the I only read the official viz manga so maybe just like a a viz guy thought it'd be cool to edit in like curse words to make it more intense you know how it is sometimes like official releases will edit in like curse words like like goku like says fuck or okay fuck like you fish. You're, yeah fuck you <laughs> things like that you know how the official official funimation does that all the time i'm, I'm uh, trying to find uh, the equivalent
3: page in the official release as we speak never mind i've failed to do so continue okay
2: yeah but anyways yeah i think it's one of those things but I stepped in the co- the comments hardcore Palm or I put in the the, the thing Pom- Palm Stars as an alternative episode name.
0: I like that we're that we're uh uh re, re- reusing, you know, late two thousands uh pawn store <laughs> pawn store show. Uh
2: uh Honestly that was the worst one. I, I hated that.
0: Oh, there are so. There were like three of them. There was pawn. There is Pawn Stars. There was Hardcore Pawn, and there was like one other. And they're all. There's like Pawn Stars really,
2: Cajun Edition or something like that.
3: Yeah. Wait for Jesus. I that, that actually this. is
2: not a joke. It was pretty shit. You'll never see Chumley like getting his guns and his cocaine.
3: You know, speaking of <laughs> Pawn Stars and junk, uh, I see a picture of a toy soldier here. If you want to tell us a little bit about this.
2: Yeah, I traded it into Ricky he said he gave me a five bucks for it and then kicked me off the set uh anyways uh basically I like this <laughs> I really like this 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 little these little art diagrams and stuff it basically is like uh, uh, when uh Pito was describing the uh or, yeah it was dis- or was it is it poof for Peter I can't remember who described it I think poof. it was it was poof basically describing the process of creating a creating a soldier from humans and like engineering them uh, they use this uh, literally a little toy action figure as a representation of like turning Palm into a soldier, and I love this diagram a lot. And I really wish they would have put it in the anime. It's not in the anime. They just pretty much just show Palm. I thought they showed a toy out.
3: soldier briefly, but not in this much detail. To next, yeah. yeah,
2: and, and that's kind of what I'm I I like about the manga, and I think we it goes back to the 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 con- pros and cons of the manga, where they have a lot of good attention to detail. But maybe it might be too much, and going off-model and doing the things, but it might be too much for the actual anime. I think also the
3: fact that you literally control the pacing when reading can make shots like that, that would just be kind of visual waste in the anime. Like, kind of cool. Like, the same way how in the manga you saw that, uh, you know, Kite was decapitated, and you could just sit there with the page. Meanwhile, it's, like, shown very briefly in the anime. Stuff like that.
2: No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I definitely... I don't think that's why I think it's it's beneficial to read the, the manga of this because it has a lot of cool things like this and a lot of really cool shots and diagrams and the off-model stuff that really makes it worth reading the manga if you haven't before.
3: And, uh, and that's sort of why we did this. I see you have one last completely official manga yeah. uh, screenshot here. With that in mind, we have a note here for Rate Those Deaths. I don't think anyone died here.
0: No. Uh, well, Poof's poof's little little Poof died.
3: Oh yeah, okay. Well, what do you guys think to little Poof's death? I'm gonna uh
2: one poof one one poof out of ten. Poofs.
0: I'm gonna give it a three out of ten just because it's always fun to watch someone punch Poof in the face. I, I Ooh,
3: agree. that's yeah. a good call. That's a really good I think three out of ten is a good call. Yeah. <laughs> it is the most yeah. rewarding, least impactful death. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, yes. it doesn't affect doesn't affect him physically, but you know, it it's just like a, a spiritual victory.
1: Exactly, it it, it satisfies the petty side of me where like I find Pooh very annoying, especially that particular form, mm. just hits a nerve. So the fact that Palm took care of it, like, mm. is enough for me.
0: <laughs> well, she got to be like, I am not a puppet, Pow. You yeah. know, yeah, it's, it's, it's her liberation moment. Well done! Well, I love winning conversations.
2: Same. <laughs> what the fuck? I was not
3: expecting that, but <laughs> I never win. I just, I just get more. I just, get, we just get more sad. No, I love winning conversations. Is the episode title? I've, I'm declaring it right now. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, I want to thank our patrons before we move on to our very short research segment. Uh, but I'd like to thank Tim, Mia, Hanaro, Arthur, Valtteri, Mickey, Alexander, and Lucas, and uh, I was going to say I it said Alexance. You know, it's because I cut it off weird, but anyways, uh, I anyways. Uh, so now on to the. I was going to describe it as the second half, but that's inaccurate. This is going to be fast. Uh, my brother's bachelor, my brother's bachelor party was this uh, past weekend, so I'm kind of operating on very little sleep, and I did a very short research piece. Normally, when I do these, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is probably right. Or like, hey, this is definitely right. This one is a lot more speculation.
2: This this was this is Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was Joe running off of uh, three hours of sleep, and I don't know, God knows how much booze is in his system.
3: Uh, yeah, there was a lot of drinking. I made a point each night to stay up an hour later than everyone else, where I literally just sat there drinking water.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I thought you were going to say that you wrote these notes every night for an hour.
3: You know, I was like, damn. Maybe that would have been a good use of time, except that these notes are way too short for that. So, I want to talk a little bit about possible influences on, uh, you know, Palm's Black Widow form. And um, I definitely think some of these are stronger cases than than others. Some of these are stuff that other people have said, and you'll probably have seen discourse about them online. And other ones are ones that I've noticed a similarity, but I haven't really looked deeper into them. Uh, But it's just something that I've kind of noted, and I'd be curious to get some of your guys thoughts on it uh but the first of which uh the first thing i want to note is that this chapter debuted january 25th 2010 i think that's accurate but this is going from the hunter hunter wiki which might be sourcing the volume publication rather than the uh manga chapter publication i'm not sure but with that in mind one possible source and this one's on me is female prisoner number 701 scorpion which is a movie from 1972 I'm mostly basing this on her outfit, which uh in the notes is basically a woman wearing a black trench coat and like a black uh hat similar to what palm was wearing. It's not identical i just I just
0: want to say that I have a friend who so this is a trilogy there are mm-hmm. three uh female prisoner scorpion movies uh and he is like these are the best exploitation movies I've ever seen okay, sounds he like we need to loves watch them. it. Yeah, I would I would actually really like to watch these and, and see if cuz I do not share his tastes. <laughs> um and so and so I'm curious to see how far off it really is. By the way, this poster is completely lurid. It's just got like topless girls fighting each other in a prison
3: yard. Yeah, fighting each other but also like very sexily depicted.
0: Yeah. Well, and 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 I mean the 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 exploitation and black exploitation comes from exploitation movies, and so yeah, so like everything T- Tarantino stole from to make like Pulp Fiction is a, is exploitation movies. That's why you've never heard of any of them. Is they're all like B movies C movie mm. type things that were just pumped out into into theaters. Like think of like Roger Corman.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, God, people yeah. used to play porn and stuff in theaters too. So this
0: is—it's not porn. It's it, it,
3: lurid depictions of sexuality were more common in a theater environment prior to like the nineties.
0: But also, but but also, sort of lurid violence and, you know, everything's supposed to be titillating. Everything's supposed to be, you know, sort of over the top, mm-hmm. um, and done on a very small budget. These are the these are movies that if you watch them you have to have a certain amount of of historical distance. They have they have value, but they are also, I mean, they were garbage when they were released. Oof. You know, they were looked down upon when they were released, and that has you know that hasn't changed since.
3: Uh, but content warning for assault and sexual assault. So, Nami Matsushima is used as a spy by her first real boyfriend, a police detective named Sugimi, to investigate a drug smuggling ring. However, her role is discovered, and she is raped by several drug dealers. It emerges that Sugimi was simply using Matsushima as a pretext to obtain a bribe from the Yakuza. Seeking revenge, Matsushima makes a failed attempt to stab Sugimi on the steps of the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Headquarters. She is sentenced to do hard time in a women's prison where she is given the number 701. Um, the reason I bring up this description is mostly for the first two lines, like, the idea of, like, she's used as a spy for her first real boyfriend uh, to investigate a drug smuggling ring, and, like, while I don't think that Nov is, like, this much of a nightmare person, I do think the idea of, like, doing this to serve, like, your love interest may be a connection, but this is a big maybe.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely seems similar in some aspects, like, the whole idea is just being a spy and infiltrating so I, I definitely could see the inspiration from this uh it's a weird it's a weird ass inspiration for for something like uh, palm but i guess you know it is Tagashi we're talking about so it might not be as surprising but still i can see
3: it
0: yeah well and but palm has a little more agency
3: yeah for sure yeah <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm going to move on to the next probable. This one's more likely and has been noted in a number of, like, you know, fan wikis. I, just take that for what you will. But, like, I don't think it's a unique thought is what I'm saying. Uh, in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, there's a character named uh, Yukako Yamagishi, who uh, in the wiki basically says, Palm bears a similar appearance and personality to y- Yukako Yamagishi from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable, who can also control her hair and develops a crush on a main character. More accurately, she is one of the first uh, archetypes of the Yandere uh like character. And she has a crush on like a secondary character who's also like very young and boy-like, which uh is she tries to like keep him hostage in her house and she has basically hair telekinesis.
2: Yeah, let me actually get, let me actually get a, a an image of what you know what it kinda what she kinda looks like doing that. I'll put that in the
3: documentation. You you mean the hostage taking, or do you mean something else? The hostage taking. She's just
1: girl bossing her. <laughs> girl bossing <laughs> High with an electric romance. chair. romance. Okay, just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's my favorite image of all time of JoJo. It's just her smiling with the electric chair in the background. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sarah, you oh, watched this sorry. recently, right? Like,
1: I've been, I've been watching. Yeah, I've been watching JoJo, and then when I saw this arc and this particular character, I thought, like, wow, she looks her and Palm have very similar character designs. Um, And also, I guess, like temperaments too. I would say probably Yukako has a lot more, uh, a little bit more pride than I think Palm would show, a little more self-assuredness. But I think it's interesting because it also reminds me of like other, I guess, more Western archetypes when you think of the more, I don't want to say like crazy, but lack of a better word, crazy love interest. Who's obsessed with like the character? They tend to kind of have. If they go for a more gloomy or dark hair, they tend to have like the, like the more controlling, the more, um, scary like traits. That I think it's interesting to see it also in, both japanese media and stuff that i've seen in like cartoons growing up so found it interesting yeah i think
3: of the three i'm mentioning today i think this is the one that is most likely whether or not it's you know on purpose or not but it's i think there's actually maybe a connection here
0: yeah i mean tagashi is established as a jojo fan
3: yeah for sure Meanwhile, I have my third one, which uh, this is one that I only realized based on the release dates and could be entirely wrong if what I said about the release date being for the volume rather than the chapter is the case. But there is a possibility Bayonetta could be inspiration for the way she uses her hair as armor because Mm -hmm. uh, Bayonetta uh, came out in October of 2009 and this chapter, if my date is correct, would have come out in January of 2010, which there's enough lead time there, um, and like she hadn't shown this ability before, she had a different power set. I don't think this is necessarily likely, especially because it hinges on that distinction. But uh, it's interesting to think about.
2: Yeah, it's mostly it's. I think I'm with you mostly because I know Tugashi a big gamer, and it wouldn't surprise me if you know he picked this up, thinking seeing it like looking cool, and it's like oh I'll try it out. It looks kind of neat.
3: Yeah, she has no other connections besides the manner of using the hair, because like otherwise the characters are entirely different. So not sure. Just figured I'd reference it for completeness sake.
2: I would tag uh uh I forgot who made being it, I forgot the the guy that runs platinum. Is
3: it Hideki Kamiya?
2: Yeah, I tag him, but he, I think he blocks me on Twitter, so he blocks a lot of people, so don't worry. Yeah, it's I all t- good. It's it's a running joke. Kadeki Kamiya, he he blocks people for like no reason whatsoever. Well, he he
3: sometimes he, blocks people for very legitimate reasons, but other times it's just like a. I think he kind of does it as a self care, like I just don't want to deal with this type thing. Which yeah, you know, power more power to him. It would just be nice if that was like a stated thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, he's a he's a video game developer. He directs uh he directs like games like uh, Metal Gear he did Rising, Resident Evil and, Two, yeah, stuff like that. But he's he's, he's pretty famous. He's an interesting he's a, guy. Pretty- but that's uh pretty much it for that uh, research in big quotes segment we just had. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a fun one. I guess like what what were you guys uh overall thoughts about uh you know the episode and just like these connections and. Just whatever you're thinking.
0: I do want to point out that uh, the two villains from uh, Jewel and The Grudge and The Ring have a movie where they fight each other called Sadako versus Kayako. It's
3: so weird to me that that oh, exists. Hell yeah, I'm watching that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the Freddy versus Jason of long haired creepy girls. I was gonna say, is that the
2: Forbidden Freddy versus Jason? Long. Yeah, but but yeah, that 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 fight. I wonder if uh, halfway through the movie, it's like. They're about to fight. Then they put on the tape, and it's just pooty tang.
3: God damn it! God, I love that movie so much. Oh my god, Cindy, this girl is getting water on my on my couch. <laughs>
2: this bitch is getting water all over the floor.
3: <laughs> I I love that movie. It's so fucking stupid. Um, but anyways, uh, you know we're kind of winding down now. Uh. Remy thank you very much for joining us man it was it was really a pleasure to have you uh I'd be curious uh you know if you would just want to tell us a little bit more about what you guys are up to you, you told us a little bit before but uh just what else you know is is new in that world and why should people check you guys out
0: uh well we're a weekly uh live stream uh twitchtv Say the x um every tuesday more or less at 10 p.m. eastern time uh is, is is when we go up it's about an hour long uh, right now we're doing puella uh magi madoka Magica and we do sort of more of a freewheeling uh conversation um there it's me and and I have two co-hosts John and tasha and uh, we just we just talk about what's what interests us in the show and and try to try to get to the meat. Of things, you know, thematically, story-wise, art-wise, you know, we we talk about a lot of the same stuff that y'all do, just with you know less structure and less research uh, because I am extremely lazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah, check us out. We're we're currently only findable uh, on Twitter at Sagittarius um, I keep saying I'm going to upload old episodes as podcasts, but come on, it's, it's been like two years since I've done that. It's not happening. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that, that's, that's pretty much what I'm up to right now is, is those things. Oh, uh, we are going to be doing after, after Madoka Magica, we're going to be doing Kill a Kill. Ooh, uh, well, so, that's a good one. Uh, I bounce off Studio Bones stuff as mm. well. Um, and, uh, like, like I, I couldn't get through, uh, uh, Gurren Lagon either. Um,
2: yeah, honestly, Gurren Lagann is just way too, like, and it's just way too horny for me.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> did like cyberpunk is the thing. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, Studio Trigger. That's who. That's who it is.
0: Trigger. That's who it is. Not Bones. Bones does uh, Mob Psycho. Yeah.
2: Um, Bones also did this really bad anime. I can't remember the name of it. It's something about metal and alchemists or something. Fuck you, oh,
1: boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, Studio Trigger. Studio Trigger. I, I I you know you wouldn't like it, Patrick. It's very horny. But uh, I thought Cyberpunk Edge Runners. was I watched it. Immaculate. Like I, I, really. I love
2: Edge Runners. Uh, the ending with that one character though, mm, that was too much.
3: The ending with that one character, hmm. I know he's actually summarizing Berserk, but anyways.
2: Yeah. <laughs> God no no oh, I don't want to talk. Actually, is there a season two of that? I've been waiting for the season two of that. Of which? Goblin Slayer. Yeah, massive trigger warning on that show
0: is really rough and unfortunately not completely reflective of the rest of the show. Oh, that's rough. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's a very weird decision. Like there is some horny stuff later, but none of it is like the level of that one thing that happens. Wow. That's like an eighties.
3: That's like an eighties anime. Cause like, I was like rewatching dragon ball and I was like, fuck, I forgot how much nudity there was into this. And then I'm like, 10, no, but then like 10 episodes in, you're like, oh, no, like 20 episodes in, you're like, oh, never mind. Not anymore, really. And the same thing with like Ranma. I forgot that it's like all at the beginning of that show.
0: I don't know. Ranma, Ranma in in some of the movies really loves animating boobs Oh, in the
3: movies. Yeah. But there's not like just like pure. There's not just like, explicit nudity like there is in Ranma. Yeah.
0: So so we do two episodes a week. Um, so we just did episodes one and two of Madoka Magica and it's 12 episodes. So it'll be five or six weeks. So, you know, uh, a month and a half from now, we'll start kill a kill.
3: Yo, wait, is it anyone on the cast first time watching Madoka Magica? Because you're about to get the episode three. Hell yeah. (laughs) Let's go. Um,
0: yeah, he was a little, he was a little, not completely into it. Uh, for the first two episodes, but I but I'm like, I think that either he'll love the third episode or at least be intrigued by the third episode, or he'll be like, Nope, we're not watching this.
3: You should watch yeah. it, great, it's great,
0: dude. It's good, it's really good.
2: I'll watch it. Uh, it's on my list. I'm trying to finish up a card capture soccer right now.
3: Yo,
0: it's a good, it's a good follow-up.
3: I was legit about to say, like, I'm really curious to see what John thinks of Madoka's mom, just like in their relationship.
0: He he called her a lean-in girl boss.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. But I actually really like her as a character, and like, oh, I do It fits in with the discussion of Cardcaptor because obviously, while her mom's not involved, the adult world in the magical girl world is those. I think those two shows depict it really well in a way that I really like. Yeah. Um,
0: I I like. I there, there's a scene early on where Madoka asks her mom what she'd wish for, and her mom's like, I'd. I think I'd wish for my boss to die so I can get <laughs> yes! his job. I mean, it's just like, and then she's like, wait, no, I could probably get rid of him now. If I, if I get this, 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 this group of people and this group of people to help me, I'll have to start thinking about that.
3: But anyways, with that, I'd like to say thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat at our Facebook or Twitter at SpiritHunterPod. Heads up. Check us out at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod and join our public Discord where the, we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, Yuu, and the lifespan of seagulls. Uh, speaking of the Discord, if you want to support us another way you can help us by giving us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Each review gets us surface to tens or hundreds of more people, or so we've been told. Finally, today's intro and outro themes were made by Michael Shingo Crawford and Maddie M. respectively. Check them both out on YouTube. And also, big shout out to our editor, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks to him, the rest of the crew can focus more on doing research and talking to Gachi. See y'all on the other side.